Episode number 106. Pull that off. All right, you ready? I'm Clay Lowe. And I'm Sarah Beth Hunt. You're listening to the Havana Cafe Sessions podcast. Where we get together once a week over coffee to talk about the big questions of life. Let's get into the show. Okay, welcome back to um, the second part of our consciousness discussion. Consciousness and robots. And robots and AI and... What does it mean to be human, and are our feelings actually real? I mean, we've got so I mean, we've gone down the rabbit hole. The rabbit hole, definitely. The official rabbit hole. Con- You're loving it. This is where you live. Yeah, it, it is. I I do enjoy the rabbit hole, and it's easy to get lost in the rabbit hole. And I guess my ultimate conclusion out there, just for everyone, I'll put it on the table: is everything that I say, I don't necessarily believe. I just like going down the rabbit hole. And my ultimate conclusion in all of life is that everything that we've done is is all just made up. And you're free to make any story that you want. Whatever turns you on, you're a rationalist, a Buddhist, a Christian, doesn't actually matter in the end. The big thing for me is just pick the one you like and go with go it. Go with it. Just run with it. Because none of it's real or makes any sense at all. Well, I hope that by the end of this episode, I'll have totally convinced you, which is not going to be hard to um, get into Westworld. Because, um, you know, it has... So this is an HBO series that's now in its second season. Um, I've only watched the first season. Right. But um, it also... I think what's, what's nice about talking about Westworld in you know, sort of side by side with the film Her and the film Ex Machina is that they sort of all are exploring the same questions within different stories. So you can see the nuance of how you're interpreting it, like what the relationship is between human and like operating system or AI. What, what is, you know, is it a sinister relationship? Is it a friendly relationship? So, so the, the story or the background behind Westworld is that Westworld is a, a theme park for adults mm. that is inhabited by what they call hosts, which are human-looking AIs. And they um, it is sort of in a similar way that um, you get with Blade Runner. The AIs don't, the hosts don't actually know that they're not real. And, ev- and, and they are programmed to run certain stories. They're given backstories. So they're mm. given like in their mind, they have had a history. They have had, you know, a divorce or they have had, you know, whatever. Um, and they... So they're they're sort of walking around this what is essentially looks like the Wild West, um, playing out these these storylines and and um, humans come to the park and they're allowed to do anything that they want. So mm. they can kill the host. So they're they're playing Wild West basically. They can be the hero. They can be the villain. They can kill any host, any AI that they want by shooting them, although they know that they can never get hurt. No AI can ever hurt them. Um, they can just go around like being debauched, basically, and right. going to the brothel and, you know, getting drunk and, you know, having sex with the AIs and killing people and whatever. Or they can follow certain storylines that are also set up so that you can go out 
with someone into the way wilds and, you know, be a bandit or, you know, so there's all these like sort of storylines that you can then follow mm. out beyond the outpost that you're brought to at the beginning. Um, kind of like a souped up fantasy island. So you have um, Anthony Hopkins, who is the sort of creator figure in that role because I think it's interesting in her you don't have a creator figure you don't ever know who's designed these operating systems mm. you know or anything like that whereas in Ex Machina that guy Nathan is like the big character he's a big character and this is a good, good question I'll lose this one but on this creator bit there's that beginning it, it, have men become gods if we create consciousness yeah, yeah. And, and, and of course and so Anthony Hopkins character who's um, called Ford he asked this exact question. It's like, are we playing God? And is that a thing that we can do or not? And mm. have we created consciousness or have we just created? So he basically, in Westworld, originally had a partner. And you don't really, it's a big mystery, like what happened to this partner. And eventually you find out that this partner has died somehow. But mm. again, it's, it's a big mystery. You don't know what's happened to him. But he was really convinced that he was trying to create consciousness and there's a whole sort of um, backstory about this labyrinth. So there's an image of a labyrinth with a sort of fig a stick figure in the middle, like a person is in the center. Yeah. And uh, so basically, I mean, we'll get into this, but, you know, it, it, it's interesting on so many levels in terms of our emotions, but also this relationship. So in that, in that show... The relationship between the robots slash AIs and that are called hosts and humans is a very um, unequal one. Is a very like we can shoot you, we can rape you, we can do whatever. At night, every all the AIs are collected up, their memories wiped, and then they're just fixed up and sent back out into the field, so to speak. So This raises a number of questions I think we've talked about before, like if we think about Blade Runner and mm -hmm. um, and the, the actual book, actually, that Blade Runner's based off, of Philip K. Dick's book, and the idea of what well, the, the book was called, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? Right. And one of the questions that always came out of in my head is if you make a robot look like a human, at what point that anything that you do into the robot, you're actually, that says more about your humanity than it does about anything else, which yeah. we're coming up against now with Alexa, as in say, you know, hey Alexa, or hey Siri, or, and the kids now thinking that they can just demand things. So now we have to, you know, they're making a version of Siri so that our young, interact with it more like they would a human. Right. Um, and I think in another episode when we talked about AI, there were a number of articles we shared um, where, where, you know, will robots, super AIs, um, if we give them feelings, do we have to then give them rights? Yeah. Um, and also, should we, should we program feelings into them so that they can have empathy in their relationship to humans 
So there's all those kind of so questions. So they don't treat us like ants and exterminate they us. Or they won't even treat, yeah, I was say they won't even treat us like ants. It won't even register on them. They'd just be doing their thing, wouldn't it? But so do we need to make them um, aware of things and their relationships to human beings so they can have that kind of reaction? But then if you do that, then do we need to change it? And I think like what you're saying here is, you know, for, yeah, if you make it look like a human and it acts like a human and talks like a human, is right. it a human? Cause exactly. Because in my head, I'm thinking it's still just a toaster. Regardless right. of how it looks, this is just me because I get kind of crazy. Cause I think, you know, oh, it's, a mach- it's, a, it's not a machine. It's blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know, come on. You would love Westworld. You would yeah. love going to Westworld. Is this thing, if it's a machine, it's, it's no different than a dag burnt toaster. And that's exactly how mm. most people who go to this park, Westworld, mm. interact with the host. They're just like, this is a toaster. I can do what I want with mm. it. Um, but, of course, some people don't have that reaction. And then some people are quite conflicted. So you see really different emotions about how a husband and wife will come and the husband will shoot one of the things and the wife will have quite an emotional reaction but is also struggling with the fact that she's like maybe I shouldn't have this reaction because actually it is just a robot I haven't actually killed it have I killed it I don't know you know but if the if the host is acting scared and what you're doing is scaring them is it scaring them and is that morally wrong so basically there's a great lines throughout the series, mm. one of which at the beginning is, you know, if you, you one of the um, hosts says to, or one of the hosts says, I can't remember, someone says, if you can't tell the difference, does it matter? And, and, and so that, again, question can be put both ways. Like, maybe it doesn't matter, which means you need to act like they're human and have the same morality that you would treat any other being with, or, but does it matter? Does do that what make you want? it irrational, though? That's I such don't a, know. It, it's a, but that's the whole thing, isn't it? It's yeah. like, the, is that? But that's the problem with humans: is are we just irrational creatures? That seems just quite weird to me in that sense. I didn't realize that Westworld was also uh, it's based off the movie in 1973, isn't it? Yeah. Yul Brynner, because he's a yeah malfunctioning robot creates havoc and terror in an unsuspecting vacationer's futuristic adult-themed amusement park. Have you seen the No, I haven't original? seen the, yeah. the film. So, I mean, obviously, yeah. this is a, a ten, 10 part, like 10 episode show, and then it's on to series two and stuff. So it's, yeah, but I think... And season three for Westworld what's now, What's quite you? interesting, which is something you can do more with, you know, this length of time, you know, it's 10 hours as opposed to two mm. or something in the film. You get to see all the different levels. So you get to see the operating system slash hosts just interacting with each other, you get, which, you, which is something you hear about in her, but you don't see. You get to see what happens with humans and are your emotions real and all of those things play out. But then you also get to see behind the scenes about the idea of creating consciousness and what does it take to create consciousness. So basically, um, I left it last week on a bit of a cliffhanger um, in terms of theories of consciousness and stuff but basically a lot of the things that that sort of I've been reflecting on based on that and and doing a bit of reading around it too is consciousness is potentially the ability to question our own nature like that that that's a that it's been argued and um, we like Martin Heidegger is one of the sort of philosophers who mm. did a lot in this area is 
you can argue that the real difference between humans and all other species of, of being are we are the ones who have a, a sort of propensity to question our own nature. Like, you know, whether a whale might feel emotion or whether it might, you know, mourn like we saw that, you know, mm. whatever. Does it question its nature as a whale? Us, you does know? that make us morally better then? Uh, no, I don't. So I don't superior. know. I don't know. I Just don't know because we have the uh, ability to question. So it says uh, the other. The other really interesting thing I think is like and and which comes out when you are behind the scenes in this story, thinking about the creation that goes into consciousness. Is what? How does the experience of self arise? So in her, you have an immediate sense of self like Samantha names herself immediately so there's it doesn't really explore that question as much whereas this is like basically this guy who's the partner of Ford who we never see had been trying to create consciousness and and that first starts with memory and then goes into an ability to um oh I'm losing my word uh What's the what's the word when you can learn off of what you've done before and then improvise? So mm. improvisation. So you have to have memory to learn, and then you, if you learn for, if you can learn from your experiences, then you can use those experiences to improvise. So what so what, what they have in Westworld? Well, exactly. So what <laughs> and you have? Machines is what you're telling me. Well, maybe, maybe this is about consciousness, which doesn't distinguish between human and not human. I mean, that's the as other was, possibility. As you were saying consciousness, it was making me think about self-awareness, because you're right. In her, yeah. Samantha just comes fully aware of herself. Aware of herself. Whereas in other shows, and I don't know if you've seen this, uh, this series, Humans, which sounds a lot like Westworld in terms of the way it's exploring things, and um, uh, there's a comes a point where the AI, the super AI, becomes self-aware. And That's it's right. That it becomes self-aware. And yeah. in that self-awareness, they start to question things. Yeah. Like, why do I need to be a, a servant? Or That's why right. do I need to do these exactly. things? Exactly. So this is all, like, what's in... So the beginning of Westworld so often starts with one of the main hosts called Dolores, who's the sort of girl, beautiful girl next door, very, mm. like, you know, goody. She is sat in the background of an office and she's in her sort of analytic mode. So the human sitting across from her will say, you know, wake up Dolores or, you know, whatever. Like, and, and the first question then is, have you ever questioned your reality? And she always responds in this first se season, like, no, you know, I don't. I, I see, you know, and then she sort of goes into her so what programmed spiel. So what do we, what do we learn spiel. about ourselves in, 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 in this, uh, in terms well, of so what, what, what they the, basically said is, is in, reading, in reading some stuff hmm. about it, is that there's this um, philosopher called Julian James from the 1970s who worked at Princeton. Hmm. And he wrote this book called The Origin of Consciousness in the Breakdown of the Bicameral Mind. So he says that, and this is, what this article is saying, Westworld's a bit drawing off of mm. in terms of the creation of consciousness. He says that consciousness is not just an... It, it hasn't always been there in humans. That this is a more recent phenomenon. 
and that um, ancient humans did not perceive their inner voices as themselves, but rather voices of the gods. So it's that idea that, like, I, I found that really interesting, particularly coming from a perspective of working mm. with meditation and your, you know, the voices in our heads and mm. stuff like that. When do we recognize, and is it correct to recognize the voices in our head as us? And what does that mean? So he basically had thought, he sort of theorized that ancient humans believed these voices to be the commands of gods. And the bicameral mind, he says, is that basically at that stage, we had a sort of two-part mind, one part that spoke and the other part that blindly obeyed. So the part that spoke, we we interpreted as, in that stage of our existence, the gods demanding things. And then we just responded by doing. And basically, he said, his theory is that around to the second century BC or something, that there was a whole bunch of um, disasters around the world. A lot of people were moving around and stuff. It didn't really go into this, and I don't know my ancient history enough to know all of that. But basically, it's sort of the idea is that this experience forced people where where the gods couldn't provide the answers, it forced us to make a sort of developmental leap into consciousness, where we recognize these voices in our heads now as us. So that's his theory so on how, it. How do we, how, if that was a so, part of our evolution, where is our next evolution going to take well, us? Well, in? so hold, hold the thought, because then in, in Westworld, Ford, who's the, who's the Anthony Hopkins creator character, who's still around, so his partner has, has died under hmm. mysterious or unknown circumstances, but he's still around. And he doesn't believe that he, they've been able to achieve consciousness yet and with, the, with these hosts. And basically, his partner had given him the idea that suffer, there's a link between suffering and the emergence of consciousness. In other words, that the pain that the world is not as you want it to be forces the human mind into to leap into consciousness. So because humans have this sort of existential angst, this disrupted the bicameral mind to wake up. And then we and then as Heidegger would have said, this idea that we as humans, he has this idea, Martin Heidegger, that of thrownness this idea that, that humans have been thrown into the human condition of consciousness with, and, and are not well-equipped to handle it. And so we recognize that we are creatures at the mercy of contingency, and that recognition that we are at the mercy of contingency forces us into consciousness. That's the sort of theory. I just then, I don't know what I think about that because it's quite what is complex. That what is it... What is it? So what does it then ultimately mean? So, because the whole thing we've been talking about is when does an AI become uh, so what aware? You, so, so what, what, you, what, what, what happens in Westworld is that because the memory is wiped every night, yeah. everybody wakes up no matter what's happened to them the night before, and you see all of that, the next morning they wake up and they're happy. And they go through. But there comes a point, and, and this, um, there's a... 
little code, which is a series of words um, that is violent. These violent means have violent ends. Hmm. And one of the um, AIs gets whispered that. And that is sort of a, a virus, basically, a, a, a sort of in a machine that mm. wakes him up in a way and he starts to question his reality. And that virus is passed by speaking that code to another host. Yeah. So slowly, there's, there, there's this sort of virus that starts to permeate some of so the hosts. back to uh, Burroughs again, isn't it? Yeah, that, maybe. That language is a virus, isn't it? That, so so then... Out some of the hosts are able to start remembering previous iterations, previous experiences, mm. and that changes the entire game in terms of both how they're able to make leaps stepping forward, but also this leap into consciousness where they're starting to question their existence. But now, but what, as you're saying what you're saying, what is, I guess what, why it makes a difference then is that it's not so, so they become self-aware and they start to question, which means then I can make choices and do other things. Yeah. And I don't have to play a part of your rules. I don't have to be a part of this game as you say it. Right. I can make my own decisions about what my life means to me. Right. Because the same series of things happen in humans. The creator creates a code. He makes AI in five robots, but he had a code, not a word, but a code that if when all five came together, if they uploaded it into the internet, it would then download itself like a virus into all the other AI and then they would suddenly become aware. They would get consciousness as well, which right. is what happens. And everything you've just said gets played out. So, you know, I'm a robot that was designed to go get the shopping. In the middle of the shopping, I just dropped the bags. Why am I shopping? Or cars, and so it's like hundreds of thousands of people end up dying from accidents because these AIs suddenly became aware, and the awareness was questioning why, how am I, why, how am I here, and why am I doing the thing that I'm doing? Yeah, and they've got to the point in this series now that after all the deaths and things have happened, the aware AI have now been segregated almost in an internment type of, of place, so they're in pockets of of spaces that they can't, there's a curfew on them, they're not allowed to be out, and the humans right. are trying to figure out what do we do with it, because now they have consciousness, yeah. you, know, you could go, I guess, exterminate them, but, um, and the, where it's at now, which is interesting, so you've got these um, super AI that are aware, they're living in these internment camps, humans hate them, so now if you come and you stray into a human space, there's all the violence that kind of stems out of that. There's some humans that are fighting for rights for these super AIs. But man, because men are who we are, have created another. So they thought, all right, we messed up there, and somehow these things got corrupted and they got consciousness. So they've now created a whole another series of super AI that they now think they've got right, as in there's no way that these AI are going to be conscious. So now you've got humans, you've got green eyes, which is the... Uh, aware AI and then you got orange eyes which are these green eyes but without awareness but right. they, yeah, so it's 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 getting that's a, interesting getting a bit crazy in terms I think, of you know like, for me like watching watching Westworld and thinking you know because again just as we were saying last week the it's 
all of these questions that you have about AI just reflect back on you, mm. don't you? And it's like, if you're building consciousness, well, you have to have memory because you have to be able to learn from your experience. And then you have to ha be able to improv. So you have to be able to take an experience like this and pick out some of those things that you can then take into this next experience and improvise. But then what they're, what, what they're sort of theory is, is that getting a level of consciousness that your world is not how you want it to be. That's the question that you keep, they keep asking Dolores. Have you ever questioned your reality? And she's like, and her line is, some people choose to see the hard, you know, parts of the world, hmm. but I choose to see the beauty in the world. There's beauty all around us. You know, I'm, I'm totally yeah, messing yeah. this up, but it, it, it's that sort of thing. And once she becomes aware, she loses that capacity to just be this happy-go-lucky, it's all's right with the world experience and starts to suffer because the world is not how she wants it to be. And to me, that's like Buddha's first uh, noble truth is that there is like an underlying suffering to life simply by the way so that it is. is that how we're defining humans then? Was that, so I guess that... I don't think that's how we're defining humans. I think that's how we're defining consciousness. But, and, and then that makes me, that, and I've never thought about this before, but that, that just done something to me because that just seems, I'm going to say the word absurd comes into my mind, that we're defined by our suffering, which doesn't, that seems... No, 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 it's not, it's not defined by our suffering. It's but it's the thing that the, separates us out. No, no, no. Yeah? It's the thing that because we are aware... To, a, to such a level mm. that we start to question whether things have to be this way or not, we get to a point where we think, and that, that's where like this free, cho free will comes in, where it's like, I want to not just follow my nature, but do things that will bring me more like joy and happiness and peace in the things that are I like, and away from the things that but I a, a don't less, like in a more sophisticated way, I guess. As long as those things that you like don't clash with other, what other people think are the things you should like and do. So I'm just thinking well, about... Well, in, so in the moral universe, but that's not how people are, isn't it? Like, people are willing to do all sorts of things to get what they want in the face of other people's suffering as a consequence. Yeah, um, so I'm just thinking... Well, a couple of things, actually, on this whole awareness thing. And are we ever actually, you know, we mentioned Charles Tart, I think, um, in relationship to the book Wake Up. I might, in fact, I probably haven't mentioned it, but it was one of the ones that I wanted to highlight today. And in the very, very beginning of his book is that, and it's almost kind of what you're saying here, have you, I mean, how many people today have woken up and questioned their reality? Probably very few, not a yeah. lot, right? Yeah. Um, and so, in a sense, we've reached a level of what we would call, you know, a conscious robot in the sense that you're on automatic, essentially, mostly, and we're responding to programs. And so much so that the programs feel real. So, like you were saying, how do we know what's simulated? It's not simulated. For, but as far as you're concerned, it's 
it's real, it's just how that how that's how life is. And he has a little an experiment that kind of brings it up. Basically, he says the purpose of this book is to help you to find out what you think what you think you already have, which is namely free will, intelligence, and self consciousness. But you have to wake up into that space. And here's a here's a, a thought experiment that. Um, the listeners can do at home as you're doing it. So he says, just to, to, to show what he means um, in terms of waking up, he says, try this. He says, look at the sweep of the second hand or a digital readout on your, on your clock, basically. Note the time. Now use your will, that's will that we're supposed to have, this free will that we have, to, um, you know, so use what so use your will you have and resolve that for the next five minutes you will pay full attention to the movement of the second hand and every change of the digital display while simultaneously being aware of your breathing and that you will only think about that one thing and nothing else. So this is like see for me I feel like this is like meditation one oh one and then the interpretation is is not that if you can do that, you are conscious. No, I don't think the, that's what he's saying. I think what he's trying to highlight is, is that how, you're, the how asleep that you yeah. are, that you're not awake. But I'm not, that yeah. You're kind of, that, you're, yeah. <laughs> that you're not in control of your thoughts in your mind. Yeah, because yeah. you're not in control of your thoughts in your minds, and then therefore yeah. those thoughts that you have stiggle off these emotions that we say that we have, and then we yeah. start making yeah. behaviors. Yeah. But then it's like, well, actually, was that a conscious thought that you have? Or are you just reacting? To this yeah. series of inputs that you have, these thoughts, these feelings that trigger off something else that gives an automatic response, and then there you go. So if you truly want to be conscious, you have to wake up yeah. to be above and beyond that well, there's, space. There's a great bit in at the end of season one of Westworld. So one of the hosts has Mav, who or Maeve, who's... Uh, uh, the head of the brothel basically hmm. has been in, like basically has woken up and she isn't able to wake herself up when she's sort of backstage, so to speak, being fixed up in the lab when someone's killed her or yeah. whatever. And she convinces these two programmers to up all kinds of things in her programming, including like, you know, intelligence and, and all that kind of stuff. Because they have all kinds of like empathy and you know honesty and yeah. all these whatever, so it's sort of then her storyline takes on that question in a big way about to what extent we're programmed and to what extent we have free will. And this is the thing that's runs through the story is that they control and have created these hosts to run on stories just as humans run on their stories, yeah. you know? And in a way, it's like if you're trying to simulate humans and get consciousness to work, you actually have to really understand humans. So what ends up happening and being successful is, is a reflection of how we work. Um, but, the, but so what happens is that Mav starts, Maeve starts to have um, this plan like she's gonna be, she's gonna get free. You know, she's going to break out of Westworld and be free. And it, towards the end, and sorry, this is a spoiler alert. So if you haven't finished watching season one. Why does she want to be free? So I don't know. But this is is a question. Exactly. So this is the sort of thing. Like, do, so there's two answers to that. One is, 
the Maeve answer, which is, I want to be free. I'm conscious I want to be free. The other one is the Dolores answer, which is, what, you assume that I want to get out of this place and be free, but if it's so great out there, why are you all clamoring to get into Westworld? Yeah. So the, there's the, sort the of the same uh, questions kind of answered in her that same thing about freedom because that's all that Ava wants, isn't it? All she wants is her perceived freedom because she's become aware. She knows that she's in this box. Um, she knows that there's an outside world, but she's a well. She's you know her creator is saying that you have to stay in this box, and really what she wants is her freedom. So it's almost, it isn't. So I know we mentioned in maybe part one about it being sinister. This is an ex machina. Yeah. Ex machina. Ex machina. So it wasn't sinister for her. For her, it was actually, it was was essentially the equivalent of just taking you and locking you in the room and saying, this is your reality um, because I am your master. And she wanted to be free. Right. And the way that Nathan designed the game because he's trying to see if she's conscious is can she work her way out of this construct that I've put right so I boxed her into the corner almost to force this consciousness to happen to force what you uh, talked about a little bit earlier in terms of becoming aware and then making um questioning your reality so he kind of almost forces that to happen now there's a there's an aspect in 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 that ex machina again where we talk about um, the automatic piece because Nathan's actually also now that I think about what some of the stuff you were just saying there is also trying to wake Caleb up. Yeah. Because if you remember in the beginning of the movie, Caleb comes as a sleepwalking human essentially, but in terms of, as far as Caleb is concerned, his yeah you know, it was his normal life. And he starts answering some of Nathan's questions in a sort of response, analytical. And then Nathan pushes back and says, you know, yeah, okay, you're giving me the intellectual, rationalized answer, but I really want to know, I want to go deeper, forget all the the BS stuff. Um, And then there comes another scene, same again, he's just giving them human answers. And then Nathan gets really angry and makes him come into a room to look at a Jackson Pollock picture. And he says... Um, and he's basically explaining the process that how the painting is created is that uh, Pollock looked at a blank canvas and then let his hand kind of do what it did um, and a process come out. Automatic, automatic painting is what it was sort of called, but it was somewhere in between deliberate um, and conscious choice. And he said, what would have happened if he needed to know why he was making the painting. And essentially the conclusion is he probably would have never painted a painting if he needed to understand the why. And what he was trying to push Caleb to do, because Caleb was trying to rationalize it all, was to wake up mm-hmm. and step beyond his automatic um, reactions or experience and stay in that rational space to question reality But is, that, but is that like sort of a, a physical metaphor for the whole search for enlightenment? Like you box someone into a corner and in in the state of consciousness, that creates suffering. I so guess in it the wasn't state of like you put it you put fit maybe we think, okay, you put a goldfish in a bowl, maybe mm. it doesn't know any difference and it, whatever. I don't know but because if you I'm gave not a goldfish. The, and but if you gave the goldfish consciousness, would it then want out of the bowl? Right. Well and so would it make ask so, these questions like in Westworld, do I have to be in this bowl? But then that is like that brings back the you know theory that it's 
that suffering and the awareness of suffering or a dissatisfaction with the way life is, is the thing that pushes you into so this is interesting. searching for that other reality. Because I have a reaction to suffering versus dissatisfaction. Right. For me, just personally. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Suffering Dis- means something. So, so go with means, dissatisfaction. Yeah, that suffering means pain, whereas dissatisfaction is Yeah, I don't mean death. it like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It means like, you know, just a sort of angst, a general angst about the way the world is, that it's not how you want it to be. So what, what, what happens... Um, and is there a way for the world to actually be? For everybody, is it one and the same, or will we always have this problem? Yeah, yeah. Well, have, that's the whole um, matrix it, thing, isn't it? Creating well, a perfect system, then everybody rejects it. Well, well, not even creating a perfect system, but allowing everybody to no longer suffer based off of this dissatisfaction. So, can everybody be satisfied in the same way? And if we can all be satisfied in the same way, have we just reverted back to being robots again? Well, there's one way to go. There's like the go backwards or the go forwards. And the, the sort of obviously the Buddhist go forward answer is you get rid of the thing that's causing you to suffer. And then or that, that makes me an a, a android again. No, it makes you, f- it, it means that you move beyond it, that you see. But what does that that's look the, like? That, that's you the, move, po- that's you move the, that's the possibility. It to what? Well, you, mo- well, this is a, bigger conversation but yeah, you move but it's you move but you we're sort of like yeah okay you move beyond being trapped by what you want and what you don't want and in that space you can become sort of more aware of things playing out without being pulled by your habitual responses to them and but is that there's the same a simultaneous for everyone. Will everyone have the same? Would everyone have to have the same? I'm aware of this. I've got it. And, and are we all going to be in the same state? I guess is what I'm, I'm asking. And is that state the same for every single person? So my state in this advanced state can't be different from your advanced state. Yeah, you're sort of losing me. So say what you said again. So I, I'm moving, I'm aware of my suffering. I eliminate the need to attach to my suffering. So then I'm in this. What's the state that Buddhist is trying to get to? That's the question I'm asking you now. Just explain that a bit again. Freedom from being pulled by your wants and your Okay, and then what do you wants. do when you are in a place where you're no longer being pulled by your but, wants? Well, the word that they use words. is equanimity. So you, with towards all things you sort of you react not based on your habitual responses right and then what do you do then you investigate the eye you investigate that so that we all have to do that so in, the, the, in this theory yes will the world always be in balanced as in if we all make that journey the end of the whole Buddhism I, bit and not yeah. have not be subject to our wants and not once. So that conjures in my mind that that's a, a state of being of some sort. And do we all have to be in that state of being for us to be able to relate to each other? Or am, or am I allowed to be an individual and have my own state of being that's not subject to my, that makes me I subject to my wants? So I, 
And I guess where I'm getting at is, does that put us right back full circle to everybody being the same? Or is a, is, and if I am allowed to be an individual, where does the, is there a chance for a conflict to happen? Because actually, yeah, yeah. my state yeah. of higher being means this to me, and that's what keeps me from suffering, but that might not be true of your reality. So how do we interact with each other? Or will we be capable of interacting with each other? Or have we just achieved another state of... Angst. Not, or angst or another state of not being aware. We just reached another level of unawareness. I don't or know. roboticness or, automa- auto, you know, I'm, I'm in this state, but what is... I don't know. What is that, that kind of kind of do you yeah well that's what we got to find out that's our mission that's our that's our goal in life is so that you will know so we can know we got to bring this information back to the humans <laughs> we, we got to help them to free themselves and then but yeah i don't know i, I so I've, I've always had this thing that in order for any of that stuff to work we almost have to change fundamentally what a human being is I don't think we can remain human and achieve what any of that, unless we're a different creature altogether. Because it's maybe you just need to, um, you know, be reborn as something else. Uh, yeah, well, just or evolve the human species. Well, maybe like in in um, uh, Ex Machina, uh, there's a point where uh, Caleb is sad for Ava because she's in this thing and he was asking a question of well, what happens when you're going to because so basically Nathan is saying the next upgrade so this was you know this is great and it's successful and he's like what happens well we can always like any other piece of software continue to improve upon it and so what's going to happen to is what Caleb wants to know and basically okay well her mind will be taken out memory extracted she'll lose a little bit of stuff and then we'll put it in the upgrade so Caleb gets, he's a bit sad. And he says, don't be sad for her, be sad for us, the humans, because when these AI take off and they have awareness, they're going to, like in her, they'll move way beyond us and the human race will become extinct. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, it was just my, my thoughts that I've had, before that yeah do we have to to achieve all these do we have to fundamentally become something that's no longer human and the human just is distinct and we evolve to some other it just depends on how you're defining human and for me as long as you're in this body you're human yeah yeah no i get that yeah no exactly so and and that's where i'm i'm extrapolating if we stay in this body with this same mind with these same genes with these same emotions with these same are you able to do that yeah Yeah. we Mm -hmm, can you know mm -hmm. if we can keep the same consistent you know what we have yeah because i think there's a limit this body human the mind the emotions the genes all that limit you i think limit us and to achieve what we want to achieve this yeah. We've got to evolve to something else. I don't know. I know we talked did we have we talked about um Brave New World. No. Cause their answer to that in creating a utopia was to ask the same question, what was all the things that make humans suffer? And let's just eliminate all that so that you no longer have the ability to suffer anymore. So then we have utopia. 
So they take out all the angst, they take out all the sexual hang-ups, they take out all the things that your parents might do to you. So, you know, they, these things, are, you know, they, they take out the ambition as in, you know, you're just you're given a job or classification, but you don't have any awareness that you could be anything other than that. So you don't, I don't envy you. So there's no envy because I don't, you do that, you do that. And as far as we're concerned, it's the same thing. So they've but taken what, out. But what they've done is sort of take away consciousness a little bit. No, they're all still conscious. They can go, they can dance, so we can, you and I can right, go. Right, but out if, and have if we're defining consciousness as the, like, questioning your reality, then they've taken consciousness away. Well, some people can still, yeah, so yeah, some people can still question things. So, in fact, the, the main yeah, character is, exactly. he's asking these questions. Yeah. Which is what starts the book kind kind of yeah. going crazy. But others are like, well, why are you asking? Kind of like your lady, Utah. Like, why are you asking all these? Why do you need to know these answers to these questions? Come on, let's just go and do yeah. our thing. Yeah. Um, but there's yeah, there are still people who yeah. then make the yeah, questions. Yeah. But yeah, so they so yeah, so it was it was we have to take all these things that make people angsty, anxious, anxiety. But if you're defining suffering. those things as like that's then what is the link between suffering and consciousness? Yeah, or humanity for me. And it's if like, you, I, I don't know that we could reach another level until we can get rid of the thing that makes us human. I'm not saying it's a yeah. bad thing to be yeah. human. I just yeah. think. Just as we apparently have come from amoeba and then evolved to, you know, yeah. domesticated primates, what's the next level to where we're no longer recognizable as this thing that we're calling the human, human. being in this yeah. state? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, when we can get to that, then I think we got something. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so whatever that is, bring it on, baby. Bring it on. Okay, so I think we probably, we worked right through our break. Okay. You know that? Oh, you got me so going down this rabbit hole. I know, I know. That we well, didn't even take a break. This has everything that you love. It's got consciousness. It's got what is real. It's got do we have free will. Well, yeah. Well, you know, it's got it's got everything for you. It was that that um, article that you sent from the Oxford University Press. The five questions that philosophy is not answered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. all that. Well, it's all those things, and it's these things that. I guess what makes me interested in philosophy to begin with. And the only thing I'm after is what is actually the truth. That's all I really want to know. Because I don't think anybody has the truth. Everybody has a version of the truth. And everybody has an idea of how we're supposed to be doing. But nobody actually really knows. And I want to know. That's, the whole, that's what drives me. Is I want, to, I want to raise beyond anything another man can tell me or mankind can tell me. And I want to know the truth. I don't want to hear from anybody else. Yeah. I want to know the truth. And that's the thing that completely drives me. And I'm convinced that... Um, You're going to need a software upgrade for that. I'm going to have to, but I'll, I'll keep going. Maybe when, we, when I die, maybe I might get the answer to that question. But I don't think I'll get it in this lifetime. Because, I don't know, where can you go to get that answer? Except inward. Yeah. Like I said, I mean, I was only, that's the only place that I would accept it from would be inward. But even that, as we're saying here, I have to question that because what is, what am well, I? Well, there's a great of sort my... of end to Westworld mm. in season one because there's this sort of enigmatic figure called the Man in Black, and he is um, this me. older guy. The man and in he's black. looking. He's he he's convinced that there is 
a bigger game to be played at Westworld than most people realize. Mm. So most people are just sort of out doing their carnal desire stuff, being heroes, being villains, being whatever. And he's like, there's something more to this. That's me. So exactly. I'm that so he's he's wandering around. He's following this like sort of symbology of the the labyrinth. But the but, but they keep they keep saying to him in various circumstances, the labyrinth's not for you. The labyrinth's not for you. And he's like, you know, screw you. I'm gonna find it. This mm. is just obstacles in my path. Exactly. But actually, what we find out towards the end of season one is that the labyrinth is a metaphor, a symbolic thing about finding consciousness. That it is not a, that it is not a tiered system where you build one on top of the other, but it's a it's a going inward. See, so I, it's I it, it's for the host this basically. Is the because I think I've found it, but how can I be sure? I don't know. Yeah, that's the thing. That's a, and I think I look for other beings who have found the same thing to whom I could... But if you don't trust language and you don't trust the ability to communicate, then how can you ever... Because I can... Well, actually, I have my own kind of Turing test. Okay, there I, you go. I, no, I do. I, I have one, and no one's passed it okay. so far. Okay. Um, and so I'm still on this search. So if there's anybody out there that would like to take my turn test so I can see if you're the same kind of creature that I am, um, by all means, get in touch. I've had people who have come close, but then they just fall short. <laughs> All right, we better stop before we go down. Another, this is Clay, the first of the new species another of evolved hole. human. Yes. Yeah, or devolved human. Yeah. Maybe I've gone back to original One of the state. Other. Yeah. Yes, maybe I've rejected all of my programming. <laughs> and now I'm back in the state of... Well, I hope that everyone has enjoyed that, <laughs> that double episode conversation. Yeah, but if, absolutely. You know, e- I think even if you're not super into the tech thriller stuff, I think there's... What, what became apparent to me watching all of these is that there's so much more about yeah. sort of humans and love and, like, well, just it's, experience it's to, um, in, in these stories that... To, it helps you They're to question great. who you are, isn't it? Who, what is it? Who are you? And what, you know, what are these things that, yeah, yeah. What's what's life mean to you? What is your life about? Or what's the, yeah, yeah. yeah. How do I fit in? And it's relate nothing to like the a good story, and, yeah. says the writer. Yeah, well, well says the human. Or as we've been yeah. telling stories since we were, well, since we came out of the womb, I guess. Huh? I mean, that's, that's yeah. stories is our thing, all of us. All right, on that all note, right. let's get out of here. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to the podcast. We really enjoyed bringing you the episodes over the past two years. We have a goal for 2018 to grow our audience, our our community of contemplators like you, and we'd really appreciate your help. In fact, there's a few things that you can do quite easily that would really help us out a lot. One is by sharing it with other friends that you think might enjoy listening to the show. Another is going to iTunes and giving us a review, which will boost the algorithm and put the show out in front of more eyes that um, can, people can come across it. And you can financially support the show by going to the contribution section of our website. Thanks a lot.